Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? You know what I just noticed? Hmm. Your thing still says at Fightful Online on it. Oh! Come on, producer Melissa. It's that internet. It's that trash internet. I I had to pull strings to get that one done, you know. What strings did you pull? It turned out I have a friend at Twitter, high up, an executive. Don't verify us. Uh, (laughs) So I asked him about that, and he said that they they don't currently have a team dedicated to doing that. People get verified all the time. Yeah, I, I asked him to look into it for me, but he got that done inside of a week. Yeah, that was awesome. A yeah. woman named Shavonda Hawkins had it for years. Yeah. I tried to contact you, Shavonda. <laughs> uh, tough shit. You lost your handle. Yeah. But uh, we haven't lost our handle on WrestleMania week. It's coming up, Jimmy. Yeah. Interviews with Joey Janela, Phil Baroni, Joey Ryan. I've got a major feature on Anthony Bowens, a name you all should watch out for. Uh, Bria Priestley. We've got uh, interviews with John Thorne of AIW. I've got Jeff Cobb this week. I, I uh, let me ask you this question. How, how many WWE interviews do you have lined up for yeah, WrestleMania? It's weird. It's like it's almost like I have too many followers for that, Jimmy. Yeah. What, what's going on here? What's causing all this? I told you off the air, if WWE won't give us interviews, they won't let us on the Kofi Kingston phone tour on Friday, then I will interview somebody from literally every single other WrestleMania weekend show, and that's what I did. Yep, yep. I don't know, man. They don't. I, I was telling Sean off the air. Uh, I don't want to name names and like rip on people, but let's just say Kenny Omega's in Toronto this week. He's doing media for his uh, documentary, uh, yeah. and actually, anybody in Canada, it's on TSN tonight. We're doing this on March 27. It's called Omega Man: A Wrestling Love Story. It's part of a Canadian documentary series called Engraved on a Nation. He's been in town all week doing media, and I was telling Sean. Because it's not WWE related, he did do wrestling media like John Pollock as an example. Two-man power trip as well. Okay, but he also did these breakfast morning shows with these news anchors that don't know. Not only do they not know wrestling, but with all due respect to Kenny Omega, they don't know who Kenny Omega is. And so it was very clear that they're just looking at their notes and looking at, oh, you're from Winnipeg, Manitoba? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I get the feeling that once you get the media room 
alive and kicking. If you want interviews like that in the Toronto area, that'll happen. A lot of those PR people have a real boner for studios. That's right. just that's just how it is. And call letters next to your like if I had a crappy morning radio show and 200 followers and the same number of listeners, they would fall all over themselves right. to be interviewed by. So this is what they do. They love the local AM radio thing. So basically you need a radio tower and a studio, Jimmy. All I, all I need from you. We're going to have the studio in two weeks because two weeks from today, Sean, April 10th, we're going to be in the new room upstairs, new time, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And so far, Sean, confirmed, I have at least one surprise. One surprise? At least, at least one surprise. That's, that sounds like a What's slow week match? for us, Jim. Confirmed, confirmed. That's a so, slow week for us, Jim. Uh, I also want to let people know that Mr. Sean Ross Sapp, his Toronto trip is booked for August. And uh, tentatively, he's going to spend an afternoon. Actually, not tentatively. He is, unless his plane is delayed. He's going to spend an afternoon in the <laughs> office here. Or if he misses it. Or if he misses Oh! <laughs> I mean, Mel yeah. Melissa's on point already this week. Yeah, but, but besides, besides with the mics and the graphics and virtually everything else, she's on point today. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Nice. When's the last time you produced on Wirecast? Uh, I don't know. I don't have the current version. But I mean, I told you to get it. I told you to get it. Okay, I'll get it. Why not? Anyway, uh, Sean's going to be here for an afternoon filming footage. And I heard a rumor, and I heard this because I'm the one that created it, <laughs> that uh, Sean and Melissa might have a rematch. Might. Maybe. Um, yeah, they might. May, so. might. Might put it behind the, the select paywall. Maybe I'll make them pay for it, Jimmy. Okay, might do that. Might do that. Maybe we'll leave that for 300 subscribers. We'll like get it done, Maybe. but save it for 300 subscribers. Maybe I don't know. Come on, 500. And people yeah. are saying, "Oh, he can make a SummerSlam trip out of visiting the studio." I'm not going to the event, Jimmy. No, and I told you, if you get credentialed, feel free. I think yeah, we're gonna sure. be like we're gonna be watching him from my studio. I think here at the office. That yeah, sounds like I'm it. excited because I yeah. You know what to be honest with you, don't like going to shows. I don't either. Not I my thing. Either. I like indie shows. Indie shows are fun. Yeah, but indie w shows are a lot of fun. Yeah, WWE, nah, I'm not a big fan. I'm not, I, was, I, think I, I think I told Sean this. Justin Roberts was with WWE for what, 14 years or something. Yeah. And, and like once, twice a year, he would text me, hey, we're coming to Toronto in, uh, in like May. Do you want tickets? No, I'm good. <laughs> I was hoping to go to an indie show the week after WrestleMania, but it's too tight of a squeeze. Uh, the girl that I helped put in touch with, Becky Lynch, her dad is actually wrestling. It might be John, John Morrison. He's wrestling at like an Impact-branded hey. show. Really? Uh, I, I believe so. I, I could be wrong, but her the girl's brother invited me out to the show, but I, I looked at everything, and I was like, man, I think it's a, a UFC pay-per-view night. It's three hours, three, four hours each way. It'd be tough for me to make, but uh, I am going to visit them sometime and um, probably hopefully interview the guy himself. That'd be cool. Cool. So one more thing on my list before we get to the wrestling news. Uh, I have an Ass Man update. Uh <laughs> Any, uh, any listeners, uh, new listeners, uh, we had two, 200 subscribers uh, on Fightful Select, which means that Sean and I have to do a duet of Billy Gunn's Ass Man music. Sean and I both heard it. Melissa heard it. Nigel has, has completed the background track for yes. Ass Man. He did a great freaking job. Jimmy, I broke this news on Fightful Select the other day. I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, yeah? I didn't know. Well, now, uh, now, I, now I'm bringing it on the podcast. When, so, when I heard it, I was like... Wow, really? Yeah, Nigel? he did a good job. He like, did a I, good job. I know he's a musically talented dude. Like, that's yeah. not a surprise to me. But I heard that, and I was like, I didn't even know that that's what it sounded like behind all the lyrics. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it was good. So you and I are going to have to coordinate when we're going to get the vocals laid down, Sean. 
Yeah. And then uh, and then we'll get that out. So that'll be fun. I mean, uh, let's go to the news. So uh, so I guess we'll talk about the Charlotte thing because this got some play. So uh, first, WWE announces officially that's going to be Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, main eventing Mania, which they all deserve. I, I applaud WWE for doing it. This is the year to do it, too, given Rousey's there, given Becky Lynch being as hot as she is. So they're going to main event. Uh, you broke a little scoopsy, scoopsky yesterday, uh, would have been what, the 26th, March 26th. Tell me about the scoop that you broke, and uh, I heard that it, it was all based on a Vincent Man whim. Tell me what you heard about that. So uh, I go into to great detail on it on the Fightful Report podcast. It's up on Select now. I'll have some in the weekly about it, but a lot of people on this roster had no clue what these SmackDown women were doing as of two weeks ago, and apparently that carried over. They had the Fatal 4-Way match booked, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, Naomi Carmella, to determine Asuka's top contender. As of, I think, yesterday, not yesterday, Sunday or Monday, I believe that was still the plan because people who needed to know weren't even told of the change until like 4.35, and they were done so in a really confusing, kayfabe type of manner, like you, you'll know what you need to know, and that's it. Just that Asuka's going to have a title match. It's like, well, okay. Not not a lot of other information was given. Then it became known later on there's going to be a change to the main event of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That's Charlotte. So there are some disappointed people. It was a Vince McMahon whim. I'm sure there will be some people that try to say this was the, the long-term plan. It was not. Mm-hmm. It was not the long-term plan. So but- the rumor I heard is that Vince McMahon, the afternoon of the taping decided, you know what, we already have like 15 matches planned out. I don't want to add a 16th or 17th match just to get a, a SmackDown Women's title match on the card. So let's just put the belt on, on Charlotte. Like I heard it was just an absolute Vincent man. I'm an old man. And I shouldn't be head of creative anymore. Afternoon of the taping whim that put the belt on Charlotte. I say whatever, cool. I mean, they're going to main event the show. Now they got both titles involved, even though both titles aren't going to be on the line, but they got them both involved in the match. Yeah, and I really think they should have just went with my idea of throwing her in the battle royal and her saying, I'll defend the title against everybody. It makes Which would look- be great, right? It gives stakes to it. Otherwise, who gives a shit? Are they going to have another trophy? Gives her gives it stakes, makes her look really badass whether she wins or loses, that she would right. be willing to do that. Uh, the match ruled, though. Charlotte versus Asuka kicked yeah. ass. They are yep. great. You know, a lot of people are always like, eh, she's only getting it because she's Ric Flair's daughter. No, she's real good. Oh, she's really good. She's really, you know, what's funny is my wife is one of these people that does not like Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm always, <laughs> even when she was a baby face, Sean. <laughs> yeah. But I'd always be telling her, if you just actually sit down and watch her, she's really good. And in terms of her promo work, her promo work is better than most of the men. Yeah. On the roster. She is really good. That Spanish fly kicked ass. That was yeah. so cool. Uh, she did it well. Asuka took it well. I loved the match. I thought last night was an awesome episode of SmackDown Live. It was really good. I loved uh, the Kofi stuff. I loved the fact that um, uh, the, the all the guys backstage were with him. I loved the story that his brothers are doing this for him. And that everybody came out, including Becky Lynch, who I think gives a good rub to the whole thing. Becky came out afterwards. I liked the whole thing. Um, it, it rub it gave the rub to Becky and to to New Day and Kofi Kingston because she wasn't seen as above anything, even though she's yep. headlining WrestleMania, she's the biggest star, quite frankly, in the company right now. She was out there doing the right thing. That that was really good. I like that. I agree. Now, I, th- there's one piece of criticism that I read a little bit about on social media. Some fans were saying, "Oh, Oscar got screwed 
because of this last-minute change to put the title on, uh, on Charlotte. This is my opinion. You can give me your opinion, Sean. This is my opinion, and I disagree with the, with the idea that, Charlotte, or that Asuka got screwed. So every year around this time, around WrestleMania time, two things happen. Number one, you've got your chosen ones. The guys that Vince Man wants to put in prominent positions, like Brock Lesnar, like Triple H, like uh, Shane McMahon, like The Undertaker if he does WrestleMania, like John Cena. Those guys are going to have spots because of who they are. Then you have the talent that kind of force Vince Man's hand because every year one or two guys, they kind of capture the, the, the attention of the fans and they, they get that just spot. Just the right time, too. At just the right time. <laughs> and this year, those people are Kofi Kingston, Becky Lynch, and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has been arguably the hottest babyface male uh, over the last year. So those three guys kind of capture the attention of the audience and they're in prominent positions. The unfortunate thing is when you've got those chosen ones and you've got the, the, the ones that the fans got behind, somebody's got to step aside. Yeah. And so unfortunately, that means that people like Asuka, who's a, a, a top-level talent, Shinsuke Nakamura, who's a top-level talent, they got to step aside Kevin and Owens. make way. Kevin Owens this is year. another one. Yep. They got to step aside and make way for these people. That doesn't mean that they're done. I don't believe Asuka was screwed. She got the win over Becky at the Royal Rumble. I believe they're going to use that because Becky's going to beat Ronda Rousey. She's going to win the Raw Women's title. They're doing the Superstar Shake-Up mid-April. Will not shock me at all if Asuka goes to the Raw brand and then they're going to use the Rumble win uh, to, to build a program between those two. So I don't feel like she got screwed at all. It was just these people are, are what's hot right now and you have to step aside. Yeah, and WWE booked themselves into this. I, I went on a couple of rants, both on the Fightful Report and the SmackDown show. There's no excuse to be lazy. There is no excuse to be lazy. There are no shortage of, of brains to to dole out good storylines and, and solid stuff. But man, I'm disheartened with how lazy they are so often with so much stuff. Mm -hmm. And that that's just got to stop. That's got to stop. You, you're getting billions of dollars for this content. Stop treating it like, oh, well, we got to get past this. We can't treat our brand split like it's a brand split until after WrestleMania. Yeah. 16 people have jumped brands over yeah. the last two months. They're just What's comfortable. The yeah, yeah, they're comfortable. I want to say something real quick. Somebody in the chat, Brad Barty, he said, did Jimmy ask for the worst possible headshots of Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky? <laughs> Melissa actually picks those every week. Hey, they're, they're supposed to donate a super chat if they want that answered. <laughs> hey. Okay, well, I give you hey. one for free. I gave you one for Sir. free. Melissa, Melissa picked them. Uh, listen, I want, to, I want to address what you just said about how they're sloppy with creative. And I was going to talk about this later, but we'll talk about it right now. And that's WWE popularity. So we've talked before about how the fan base is eroding, the fan base is aging, uh, the ratings are down. As a matter of fact, if I was an executive in WWE, I'd be a little concerned right now that we are in mania season, and not only are the ratings actually dropping heading into WrestleMania, but they just hit up some uh, traditionally strong markets for Raw, including Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Chicago, Boston, and they did not sell out any of them. Yeah. That would concern me if I was an executive in WWE. I would also, if I was an executive in WWE, I'd be looking five years down the road because the problem right now, and I, I've heard you in other podcasts talk about, well, they have all this money. They should be motivated to, to give it their all creatively. I think it's flipped the other way. I think I that the that. money, ha I think the money has them comfortable and I think the money has them uh, just thinking, oh, we're good. We're good. We don't need to worry about anything. They currently are more profitable than they've ever been. Come October, they're going to be even more profitable than they've ever been. Five years down the road, though, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if you've got 2 million viewers a week watching Raw 
in five years. So I always try to, to think about it. this. I always try to compare it to personal experiences. And I found that with myself and with writers on our team, Jimmy, when we put them on salary, as opposed to per article, they're more motivated. Then they feel more comfortable. They're like more comfortable in a good way. They're like, all right, I have time to get this done. I don't have to rush, get to the next article, get to the next article, make money per make errors every time because they're trying to rush themselves and get this in and get it before this other guy. WWE is comfortable in the wrong kind of way. Just like you mentioned they they got this money and they're like, eh, well, we've got this money. Yeah. Oh, That's exactly man. what it is. And this is why I've been telling people, because again, hardcore WWE fans, you know, some of them strangely want AEW to fail. And this is why I've been telling people what they need is AEW to kick ass. Like yeah. what they what they need is for AEW to get a, a really solid television partner in the U.S. and come out guns a blazing in October and get two and a half million viewers for the for the TV show. That is what's going to change WWE. That's the only thing that's going to change WWE. I don't know if the ratings mean a lot. I will say this though: come October, if the numbers aren't there on Fox, that's going to kick WWE's ass because Fox will put them on FS1 like this, and if Fox moves them to FS1, what is that going to do for them five years down the road? You know. Uh, so right I, now, I'm about to actually tweet out an article that Brandon Howard did for us in February. It's WWE's popularity assessment, where he takes a look at all these metrics and all this breakdown. George Berrios, <clears throat> kind of indirectly, of course, he's not going to say fightful in the interview, but he was asked a question basically about that popularity assessment and all the details in which Brandon Howard touched on. And uh, the thing that George Berrios said, and I'm curious to see if you buy this, he said that WWE's prime metric is minutes watched, which explains why three hours and explains why the shows are longer and explains why they start at 7 p.m. Eastern now. They view this as the, mo the, the more minutes watched, regardless of how many people are watching it, is the value of their show. Do you think that's legit or do you think that's just public BS? It's a spin job. Yeah. Because I think come October, uh, I, I remember the last time I looked at the Fox numbers currently, I think they were doing four or five million on a Friday night, somewhere around there. Yeah, with, come, with a hit in, I think, Last Man Standing. Come October, if SmackDown moves, and they're going to pump SmackDown heavy. They're going to pump mm -hmm. it on, on their NFL coverage and, and everything else. Come October, if they're doing what they're doing now, under three million viewers on a Friday night, do you think uh, Fox is going to say, oh, but that's okay because when you look at the average minutes watched, uh-uh. If they're doing under 3 million viewers a week, they're going to FS1. And that's what's going to happen. So well, let it's, me a, tell it's you, a spin job. If you want to pump heavy, oh, God. <laughs> and you're worrying about things come October <laughs> or November or December, but you don't care about minutes watched. You don't want to watch the clock. You don't want to be worried about that at all. BlueChew.com is the place to go. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients. <clears throat> I got choked up. I was so excited. <laughs> same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, no matter what your distribution deal. <laughs> Since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visits. No waiting at the pharmacy. No more awkwardness. Right now, you can get them free. Just use that code FIGHTFUL. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. I know WrestleMania season is expensive time. This is not. You're not paying a billion dollars out for your 
two-hour performance every week. <laughs> Hit them up Talk. at Get Blue Chew. Let them know you heard about them from us. You know, Jimmy, they're going to be in Vegas at StarCast. Are you? Are you? I'm still undecided. Yeah, I'm still undecided. So I have to go to Florida uh, the weekend before. And sounds, so, like, sounds uh, like a good week-long vacation to me. Yeah. Uh, I got to go there to get the kids to the in-laws. So that so. you can go... Kids practically yes. watch themselves. Put a tablet in their hands. Oh, yeah. A one-and-a-half-year-old is practically yeah, going to watch himself. He will burn the house down if you turn your you back ever, for five that, minutes. That's not true. Macaulay Culkin did fine. Gordon <laughs> robbers. Okay, he was like eight in that movie. Kids, he wasn't a year um, and a half. The kids from Problem Child, they like, what would they do? They went to like that big rock or a tree or something like that and hung out there for a while. Also a lot fine. older than a year and a half. Eh. Makes how a bit of a how old is your other one? Four. Four, almost four and a half. Perfect. <laughs> She'll take care of everything. She'll take sense. care of everything. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the updated Mania card because we were talking about this off the air. So there are currently 13 advertised matches. Uh, and Sean and I were talking about this off the air. There is currently no Raw Tag Team title match. There is currently no SmackDown Tag Team title match. They have not announced the Women's Battle Royal yet. Uh, this is apparently why Vince didn't want to put a SmackDown women's title match on the card because they all got, they got so many freaking matches already. I'm not going to go over everything because I think everybody already knows the lineup, but, uh, they did announce that Shane and Miz is going to be false can anywhere. They announced that on TV this week. They announced that Batista Triple H is going to be with Hunter's career on the line. Uh, any other, any other stipulations? Oh, and I will say this, and I want to talk about Kurt Angle in a minute. I'm convinced it's a bait and switch now. I'm convinced. Really? Yes. Uh, and we're going to talk about why. So Kurt Angle, uh, yeah, he's athletically he's not what he used to be. He's slower in the ring. Some of these matches are kind of hard to watch. But I love the fact that Kurt is getting the opportunity to have one last match against these guys that he had storied rivalries with. Uh, and I really respect WWE for letting him do it, considering that some of those rivalries were outside of the company. So I respect that they're doing it. So there's been Samoa Joe now. There's been AJ Styles. On Raw next week, it's going to be Rey Mysterio. When you look at the trend, Sean, you know, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, I don't buy for one second that Baron Corbin's going to be the last guy at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's understandable. It's going to be a bait and switch. Cena's going to be the guy. Uh, and you know what? I hope Cena puts him over, too. I think that would be a great story everybody would like. You know what we don't need? We don't need a... Uh talk heavy pre-show they did away with that the last go around with fast lane it became a much more brisk fast-paced show there's gonna be 16 matches there's gonna be a lot of them that go four or five minutes there are yep. and i'm and i'm okay with that if elias wrestles if there is a tag two or two tag title matches and a battle royal we're looking at 17 matches if baron corbin ends up not being the real final opponent and ends up like getting squashed or something mm -hmm. we might have 18 matches yeah, then they're going to do something. Alexa Bliss is going to do something. I think they like went a, too. You know? I think they went too singles heavy. I think the concern was, this is my hunch. This isn't a report before some crappy website aggregates it. <laughs> I don't. I I think personally that they were like, oh man, we've got all these storylines or these matches that don't have stories. We're going to be too heavy on the multiple person matches. We need to add some singles matches. We did not need Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley in a singles match. I agree. Uh, all due respect to Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio, that did not need to be a singles match. Although Rey Mysterio deserves a WrestleMania singles match after his performances on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Those are two matches that didn't need it. 
if you didn't go the Asuka Battle Royal title way, that certainly seems like something Samoa Joe would do. Be like, yeah, yeah, I'll take on everybody. I'll beat up everybody. But they have plans for that. Is there even going to be a tag title match? Who the hell knows? I, I, why? I don't know what's going on, man. I mean, the, the revival. Lazy. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the revival are the, the least winningest Raw tag team champions possibly ever. You know what I mean? La Resistance might be up there. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I didn't even remember who they beat anymore, La Resistance. Who'd they even beat for the titles? I don't remember. I, don't know. I know they were losing to like Batista every week on Raw in a handicap match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Back in the day, you think about, say, WrestleMania 10. They would take like eight guys that are on the roster, but they're not in a program. They'd put them in an eight-man tag match. Sometimes it would be a dark match yeah. just so they could get on the card. There's no harm in doing something like that. Because I understand you want to get everybody on the card and you want to give them the payday. But I agree with you. 13 matches with probably still more to be announced, three more potentially to be. That's just ridiculous, man. You want to throw an interpromotional thing on there? Put the two tag teams together in an eight man tag. They both defend their tag titles against two other teams, some shit like that. I don't know. WWE has thought of far more complicated things, but I I do want to see almost everybody on the show, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to see the tag titles in a battle royal. And what is the uh, advertised start time for the show? Oh, I don't. I was just trying to look that up. I, okay. It says uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, wrong. No way. The main card. The main card will be seven o'clock Eastern. But yeah. then they do the the pre-main pre-show. card. You know. Yeah, I bet well, you. It's, I bet it's going to start at like four or five in the afternoon. It's going to go till midnight Eastern. I know tonight. that while we speak about battle royals, Joey Janela has the greatest clusterfuck. Planned for Joey Janela's Spring Break 2 at a more reasonable start time of 8 p.m. It will go head-to-head with NXT. But I spoke to him about several things about this show. He dropped a few scoop skis. Take a listen. I'm fascinated with this bogus thing who was huge in Japan, mind you, on this show. Yeah, it's, uh, that was something weird that just came up and uh, they snatched him up and... Uh... I was definitely okay with it, and uh, that was one of our most um, most uh, retweeted and liked announcements um, of them all. I think um, was 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 Jeff Farmer, and uh, you know it shows you uh, what people are looking for these days in their wrestling. Uh, and we got him, and he's coming through, and uh, you know he's gonna qu- he's gonna make people question is that sting or is that bogus thing you you had posted on social media the other day that 911 was actually booked but ended up not or ended up pulling out what happened there he said he had a family uh, engagement or something uh day after we booked him and uh yeah i guess uh family comes first man but you know we tried you know if i had a list of all the names that fell through the last couple of years you'd be you know, some of them are shocking, but uh, who are some of them? Man, <laughs> feed me, feed me one, one juicy name. Akeem last year. Oh man, was one for the, and we actually we actually got his dashiki and his little hat and. Uh, um, yeah. should have just booked Conrad <laughs> instead. Yeah, we could, we we probably probably could have. Um, at that point, but uh, yeah, something happened. His house was flooded or something, and uh, he pulled out that weekend. And uh, D'Lo Brown was another one last year, and 
Just Incredible was another one last year. It was going to be a duel, Just Incredible, Alvin Montoya um, tribute. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we talked about him getting eliminated and going underneath the ring and donning the Alvin Montoya gear and coming back into the match. That fell through as well. And, uh, no, last year did, you know, fans didn't know any of that. So, you know, everything was good. Well, uh, one of the things you did get booked, Rock and Roll Express versus LAX. Do, do they? Do Rock and Roll Express have any idea what they're what they're in for, or vice versa? Oh, oh well, Ricky Morton does for sure, for sure. He's been uh, been hit me up about it ever since. You know, uh, slipped into the Instagram DMs. I didn't think it was Ricky Morton at first, but it is Ricky Morton, in fact. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's quite. He knows what's going on right now. He knows what's going on on the scene. He knows he's hot, who's not, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's ready to go. And we're gonna see some crazy stuff out of the Rock and Roll Express. And uh, you know, I I think we're gonna see one of the last great Rock and Roll Express tag team matches. And uh, it's a pleasure to have them and have that on the Spring Break uh, card this year. You can see the full interview with Joey Janela. On our YouTube channel, we got stories that, that are coming from it nonstop. We've got lots of stuff. You should be going to FightfulWrestling.com. Click that little exclusives tab. Lots of neato stuff there. So some news came out this week that I honestly, I didn't think really was news because there have been several examples of it before. But it came out in the news that WWE is trying to block indie shows from running in Tampa next year over WrestleMania week. Um, and I know Janela told you they've already signed their venue the reason that this really wasn't a news story to me is because, again, we've seen examples of it. The Ring of Honor show at Madison Square Garden is a prime example. And you and I have talked about this before. It doesn't matter if it's about trying to block the MSG show. It doesn't matter if it's about confiscating T-shirts. It doesn't matter if it's about trying to get talent that's somehow tied to WWE not to, not to make appearances. I don't understand why WWE does it. I don't understand the benefit to doing it because all they're doing is just bringing more attention to these promotions and to these people and... I don't understand it. And, and plus, let's be honest, WrestleMania week has become a travel week for a lot of fans, not just because of WrestleMania, right? Yeah. It's been a travel week because they want to go to the Ring of Honors and the Spring Breaks and all these other shows. And if WWE was successful, which they'll never be, but if they were successful <laughs> in blocking these, these promotions, I think it's debatable that a lot of, ta a lot of uh, people wouldn't want to fly in anymore yeah, and get another I... other shows to go to. What are you going to do? Are you going to spend five days at Access? No. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I was at uh, Lexington Comic Con, and I'm like, all due respect, it was a nice event, got some good content. But I was like, how do people spend four days here? Right. How right. do people spend three or four days at anything like right. that? Like Access is big, but I, I would think one day I'd be good because it's, it's more of the same. And, I mean, maybe right? my thing is I don't care about getting pictures or autographs or anything, and a lot of that time is spent waiting in line. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't get the same experience as a lot of these people. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I think that the, the Joey Ryan penis party and the Joey Janela spring break and the Josh Barnett blood sports and Ring of Honor New Japan that that adds to it. It yep. brings more people in. It brings I, more people in. I agree. I'm coming Absolutely. to Toronto to not go to wrestling shows. I mean, mm -hmm. there, it is there is an aura around the event. That, how would you that, feel? How would you feel if WWE contacted me to try to block me from bringing you in? I would think that that is remarkably in character for them. <laughs> <laughs>
I, I just think it's foolish. I, I've never understood why they do it, especially this day and age in the world of social media. As soon as you try to block anything or confiscate a t-shirt, it's going to go online. It's going to go viral. It's going to make you look stupid and it's going to put them over. I don't understand it, man. I just don't know why they do this kind of silly shit. Uh, okay, so speaking of the, uh, the Ring of Honor G1 Supercard, so Okada won the New Japan Cup. That means that he's going to face Jay White for the IWGP title. Uh, you know what? It'll be a good match. It's not going to have the marquee of Omega Jericho. And I This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I feel like the buzz for Ring of Honor is not what it was since those guys left for AEW. Uh, but at the same time, it's still a sold-out show. And Access TV just announced actually today, March 27, that they're going to air the show in two parts. Part one's going to be on Friday, April 12th. The second part's going to be on Friday, April 19th. So they're still getting media coverage. It's still sold out, but I feel like the buzz isn't really there. Am I alone in thinking that or feeling that? Yeah, I think you are. I think they've got to deliver a really great show, and I think they will. Their show is forever I think long. so, you too. Got Iwatani and Klein, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi, Osprey versus Jeff Cobb. Yes. That's a hell of a match. It's an interesting match. Naito and Ibushi, big match. The Honor Rumble, which is like their Royal Rumble. That will yep. be fun. Uh, Roosh versus Dalton Castle. Eh. What do you when think about... Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, what do you think about Bully Ray issuing an open challenge? I was about to mention that, and he, you know, he accomplished what he wanted. He said, he alluded to CM Punk. And then when me and a guy from WrestleZone were talking about it, he was like, thanks for talking about me, assholes. And I'm like, yeah, we did what you wanted us to do. So they got Ishimori, Bandito, Dragon Lee. That'll be good. Uh, the winner-take-all match with Evil and Sonata, the Briscoes, Gorillas of Destiny, PCO and Brody King. That'll be good. Ladder match, triple threat for the ROH title, and Jay White Okada. This has the potential to be an unbelievable match. Oh, it's what a they, strong card, no question. What they need to, or unbelievable show. What they need to do, pace it well. Last year, the show took forever. Right. I felt bad for John Morehouse covering that. Originally, last year, Jimmy, what I was going to do, because it went head-to-head -head with NXT, I was going to cover NXT, then catch up on the ROH show. I was going to watch them side-by-side. Then do an ROH show right after. The ROH show didn't end to like for two hours afterwards. And like the, the on-demand was trash. Like they got to yeah. shore up those problems. But hey, yeah. we'll be there right after the show. Live coverage and uh, podcast. It's on Fight TV this year, right? It is. It's on Fight TV. It's on Honor Club. It's yeah. on New Japan World. So yeah. Okay. So at least... At least if Honor Club screws up, you got Fight TV. Fight TV, I think, has got a pretty good track record. Yeah, I, I, I like Fight TV. They're really good to us. They, they're they good to media. Right, good. Uh, all right, let's talk about AEW a little bit and about a potential potential UFC tie-in. We'll see what might happen. So AEW, so they have a partnership with AAA now in Mexico. The Young Bucks won the AAA tag team titles, and so now they're going to defend them against the Lucha Bros, uh, Pentagon and Phoenix at Double or Nothing. Now, the reason I mention this and the reason that this could potentially be interesting is that AAA had a press conference in Mexico yesterday, March 26, to promote uh, Triple Media 27, which is going to be on August 3rd in Mexico City, Mexico. And there was a very special guest at the AAA press conference in Mexico. 
I have a picture of him wearing his uh, little lucha mask. Go ahead and put that graphic up. That would be former UFC heavyweight champion Cain Velasquez. And I think even our, uh, our listeners that are not MMA fans or UFC fans, you might recognize him, maybe not with a mask on, but you might know him because he's the guy that beat Brock Lesnar for the UFC title. Very interesting one to me, man, because now we know that he had been training in the Performance Center and we know he's expressed interest in pro wrestling uh, and he's done a bunch of interviews talking about his heroes growing up. He was a big fan of Lucha Libre when he was a kid. So I get all of that. What I don't understand is that he himself confirmed that he still has fights remaining on, on his UFC contract. He himself confirmed that August 3rd at Triple Mania, he's going to make his in-ring debut, his in-ring pro wrestling debut. He is among the most injury-prone uh, fighters in the UFC, and he said there won't be a conflict. He said there's not going to be a conflict between his UFC contract and this. How can UFC possibly advertise you for a show if you're going to do pro wrestling knowing how injury-prone you are? Yeah, so the Cain Velasquez thing had a lot of people saying, oh, WWE will pick him up. WWE didn't have any initial interest on him. Right. I respect him for doing this the right way. He went to AAA. He's... It's the anti-cyborg. If you guys haven't paid attention to cyborg, haven't subscribed to Fightful Select, cyborg has tried to leverage WWE against UFC without any real interest of jumping to WWE for a long time to the point to where they pissed WWE off, her and her manager, mm -hmm. to where they were perpetuating this thing that Ronda Rousey was saying that she would leave if they signed cyborg. WWE isn't interested for that reason. It's a lot like the Alberto Del Rio Page thing where they're like, no, we're not going to sign her. That would make this woman who is important to us incredibly uncomfortable. Why mm -hmm. would we even bother? Kane, even though that deal wasn't out there for WWE, was like, maybe there's another option. Mm -hmm. I think it's smart. I mean, they, they built the, the Hispanic demographic around him for a long time. Didn't quite work out the way that they wanted in the UFC. Mm -hmm. So uh, for him to go to AAA, I respect that. I don't know how he's going to perform in the ring. I guess we'll see. Most UFC crossovers do well. You don't see a lot of terrible UFC MMA crossovers in pro wrestling. But I'm with you, Jimmy. The man is injury prone. Yeah. Like, for, like even the fight with Naganu, they thought he tore his knee up when he before he took the punch, right? Yeah. And at least that was the claim. And yeah. everybody, they tried to use that as the excuse. And I'm like, oh, but he's wrestling in August? Okay, right. yeah. Well, that ain't going to go too well. Uh, at least you have the benefit of working with somebody as opposed to against them. But Jimmy... Before that Nganu fight, the last time Velazquez fought was the week we launched the website. Yeah. I mean, I, that was like a running joke for me and Showdown Joe on, on the MMA podcast. Yep. Was that Cain Velazquez's last fight was literally the first time he and I met each other. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's nuts, man. You know what's interesting about all this, too, is, is you know, not, not to put over Ronda Rousey every time we do this podcast— Look at the doors that she has opened since she came into WWE. It's like, yeah, there was already Matt Riddle and there was already Brock Lesnar and there was already, you know, Bobby Lashley, whoever. Since Ronda Rousey came into WWE, it seems like all of these high-profile UFC fighters are talking about wrestling, right? Yeah. Whether it be Frank Mir, who's getting into it now, Cain Velasquez, who's going to make his debut. Amanda Nunes said that she would do vignettes with Becky Lynch to Fightful.com exclusive. Right, to promote WrestleMania. Cyborg is clamoring to, to get into the wrestling ring. Ronda Rousey's opened so many doors because she was that high-profile talent. And people are seeing, number one, she's doing well. Number two, she's making good money. And uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Velasquez is a very interesting one. If he hadn't been injured, he would be arguably the greatest heavyweight ever in the UFC. Yeah. But he's hurt all the time, so...
I don't know. I guess yeah, we'll see what happens. I, the style, too. Like, Lucha is typically a really high-flying style. Well, There's no the, chance with Cain Velasquez. There are also a lot of three-quarter rolls as opposed to back bumps. That that could prove beneficial. I mean, because that happens a lot with the, the six-sided ring, how tight everything is and how tough the ring is. Man, I don't know if you've ever stepped or bumped on one of those rings. Like, I, I would compare it to a boxing ring. That's how it felt the first time I was in a six-sided ring. It's it's really, really painful at times. So that's what, you get a lot of that, the rolls and all that. I think maybe that could help out Cain Velasquez, but ugh, I guess we'll see. Hey, I'll reserve judgment because Matt Riddle was an injury-prone guy in MMA. He, right. he pulled out of fights all the time. If I looked, I would say that Matt Riddle had, God, like probably four fights that, that he ended up uh, not being able to do because he was injured, and now was it was it really due to injury, Sean? Yes, it was actually. <laughs> I have people that will hit me up and say stuff like that all the time, like, "Oh, hope he knows he's got to lay off the weed." And I was like, "I hope you know that he's probably fucking aware of that by oh, yeah. now." He's I talked about it openly. Finger wagged it, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, as I look, Riddle had to withdraw from a fight in November 2013 from. Uh, August 2014, uh, September 2013, July 2013. Like, it's it's just, it, it happened over and over and over again. Like, I look mm -hmm. and he had over 12 canceled fights, so you just never know how somebody will take to it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And he's got a, he's, he's got a really uh, athletic, aggressive style, too. It's not like yeah. he holds back in the ring. Exactly. So, before we go to the next segment, I want to uh, put up this graphic first. So, this is uh, regarding Mr. Kofi Kingston, and this was brought to my attention by James Barry at JamesBerry83 on Twitter. And this is exactly why we used to do the segment that we used to do. Put up that graphic. This was put on WWE.com this morning. This was literally for real on WWE.com this morning. The dreadlocked dynamo, Sean. That's why uh, I didn't know what you were talking about. Yes. <laughs> the, name. the dreadlocked oh. dynamo to challenge Daniel Bryan on the grandest stage of them all. It's you know what shocked to me. <laughs> Not only is it silly that somebody actually came up with that, but the fact that that got got the green light. <laughs> this is the problem with WWE. We're gonna go to stupid people. I have an intro video that explains the whole situation. Go ahead and put it up, Melissa. Stupid people is what this segment's called You might wonder why we do it It's not about wrestling at all Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames Which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names But it didn't work so we gave up in the new segment We came up with this stupid people Stupid people Stupid people Duh Okay, and after this again, go to Fightful Select, and I'll have uh, three more for you for Stupid People Extended. Once again, Sean, what do I say every week, man? It's so easy to find <laughs> Stupid People News. It's so easy. This first one you might have already heard about because this went viral, all right? It was reported everywhere yesterday, March 26. NASA had plans for its first all-female spacewalk. Yeah, heard Did there was some sort of a wardrobe malfunction that prevented it. Yeah, so uh, it's first all-female spacewalk, and NASA doesn't get the attention anymore that they used to unless they do things like advertise. NASA? Yeah. Oh, did I did I say NASCAR? You said NASA. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, NASA. I'm sorry, NASA. I'm sorry, NASA. NASA. 
They don't get the attention that they used to unless they do things like promote an all-female spacewalk. They had to change the plans and they had to swap out one of the females. Her name was Anne McLean for a male astronaut named Nick Hag. And the reason they did it, like you just, uh, you just mentioned, they didn't have enough spacesuits that fit. Isn't that amazing? Oh, that's embarrassing. Is it right? Ooh. So uh, Ms. McLean needed a medium-sized spacesuit and they only had a large available. So they had to swap her out with a male astronaut that could fit into the large spacesuit. How, now, go how ahead. How much does it... Can't they make another one? And, and what kills me about this whole thing... And again, NASA has dealt with a lot of criticism, you know, for maybe not being progressive and all that, going back many, many years, right? They had their funding cut by the government and everything. And when you look at this thing, they only got the attention because they were going to do an all-female spacewalk. That's why they got the attention. Yeah. You would think that they would think we can get a lot of press out of this. Maybe we got to make sure we have another medium-sized spacesuit kicking around somewhere. You know, they tried to do spin control on it, and they tried to say, "No, no, no, this is a standard reassignment. It's a standard reassignment. Ms. McLean's going to go up at a future date." But they missed the big picture. That's what they missed. And the big picture was they weren't going to get attention for this, if not for the fact that it was an all-female spacewalk. They got attention, all right. <laughs> it's When I heard that story, the first thing I thought of is this can't be real. They couldn't have been that stupid. If it's attention you seek, they were successful. <laughs> yes, they were. They were successful. This next one, this is reported by uh, KIMT out of Rochester, Minnesota on March 19th. This is pretty good. So there's a 37-year-old man out of Olmstead County, Minnesota, Sean. He had spent the whole day drinking at his parents' house. 37-year-old. Spent the whole day drinking at his parents' house. Finally, his mom said, uh, look, I've arranged for you to stay with, the, with a friend, so let's go, and I'm going to give you a ride over there. Right? He didn't want to go, and so he laid down across the driveway, and he dared her to run him over. It happened, ha didn't it? Uh, she ran him over. So 58-year-old uh, Cynthia Grund is accused of second-degree assault. She could face an attempted murder charge. The man suffered significant injuries to his head and pelvis. The police, the police questioned her and asked, why did you do it? You know what she said? He dared me. Double dog dare. She said he didn't believe I would. We call that a monster truck rally around these parts. Man, uh, you get in the way of grave digger. Tough That's shit. what happened. Yeah. This last one for the SRS file. I think Sean probably saw this one, Melissa. If it's the one I'm thinking. Oh, I think probably. he saw it. I think he saw it. But we're going to talk about it anyway. So this was posted on Twitter by a girl who calls herself Grimy at, <laughs> at Grimiest on March 18th. Sean, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You thought the P girl was bad. So uh, this girl, Grimy, she's a 22-year-old out of Brooklyn, New York. On her profile on Twitter, she calls herself a sex worker. And uh, she put up this video. Last I looked, she had gotten 7 million views on this video. The last I looked, she was up to over 35,000 Twitter followers as a result of this video. Go ahead, put up the video. She put up a caption on... <laughs> That's so worth it, Melissa. That's so worth it. She put up a caption along with that video, and the caption was, quote, I've licked a lot of toilet seats in my day, but this was the first that made my tongue go numb. I'm dead on the inside. <laughs> 
<laughs> this makes Did it all worthwhile for me, Melissa. Fall off. What happened to her after? Is she alive? Yeah. So um, this girl made the news. That's how I found the video. Uh, I, I checked out her Twitter. All she does is post basically naked photos of herself and photos of herself doing crazy shit like this. And she actually posted a tweet that said, who would have known that me licking the toilet seat would make me famous? That's what she posted. And that's, that's when famous. I noticed that's what, well, that's when I saw that her video had 7 million views on it. Well, Sean, get to it. More Twitter followers. <laughs> You want to get to 35,000 Twitter followers quick, Sean? At the 18,000. I think I'm set for a while. It's unbelievable. I can't, even, I can't even imagine how disgusting that. Dude, I, I won't go. I'll piss in the, in the airplane toilet if I really have no choice. Otherwise, as soon as you open the door, you just get that whiff. You know what I'm talking about? Hunker down in an, airport, or an airplane toilet like that. All the ones I've been in are tiny. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what she did. Isn't that great? Wow. Good for her. Oh, yep. man. Let's move on. I want to talk about David Starr. Okay. This was interesting. So you saw the promo? Of course. We did an article on it. Okay. So anybody that missed it, uh, so on April 21st, David Starr is going to be wrestling Jay Lethal. Uh, it's being billed as a Ring of Honor title match. It's going to be on a show in Israel promoted by a promotion called the IPWA, which is the Israel Pro Wrestling Association. In order to promote the match, he posted a video promo on the internet where he was very critical of Sinclair Broadcasting, which is, yeah. of course, the, uh, the owner of Ring of Honor. And we talked about what they did in the past with like that, the, the media thing that they had all the anchors read and all the different markets and all that kind of stuff. Uh, David Starr referred to them as, quote, a far-right-wing extremist corporate propaganda machine. Uh, he said that them letting a Jewish guy challenge for the title in Israel is a publicity stunt. Uh, and as you can imagine, yeah, Sinclair didn't like that. No. Uh, and they basically told the IPWA, if you want Jay Lethal to come to your show, you're taking that promo down immediately. So the IPWA, they took down the promo. David Starr then posted this message on Twitter. Melissa's got it. Put it up. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you look at the fourth paragraph, he said, my complying with this request is not an admission of wrongdoing or a retraction. I stand by my entire statement and do not regret any of my actions regarding this subject. What do you think of all this, Sean? He got attention. He got attention, but is it the kind of attention that's going to get him a contract? I say no. From he should have our... licked the toilet seat. Yeah. That's much more to... effective. Maybe that's uh, what he needs to do. David Starr probably doesn't need to do that to get a contract he's very very good like he's i get really it good. I, I get it but okay so Sinclair's not going to hire him probably probably not so do you think that wwe being the you know corporate entity that they are are going to take a chance on a guy like that i'm going to say no that means that you probably have aew and i know that cody and those guys don't give a shit so maybe that'd be an opportunity but if i'm david Starr, i understand getting attention i get it uh they always say don't touch politics don't touch religion Mm -hmm. Right. It's one thing for Priscilla, Priscilla Kelly to pull a, you know, gimmick tampon out of her tights on, on an independent wrestling show. Don't touch politics. Don't touch religion. And, and if David Starr ever sees this, that's my word of advice to you. Do not touch politics. Don't touch religion because it will prevent you from getting a contract because that's just the world we live in now. Uh, and to be honest with you, I don't know if he needs a contract. He wrestled, I think, 
when I checked, it was like 165 times last year. Really? That's on, good. On the, on the independent circuit, at least 165 times. That's good. He's at like 30, 40 this year already. He is one of the most in-demand independent wrestlers there are and in an independent landscape where everybody's getting signed. You still need some of these guys. That's sure. why when they said, Joey Ryan's out of his Lucha Underground contract, where do you think he'll go? And I'm like, I think he should go exactly where he's been. Because with all these guys getting signed, you need headliners for these independent events. And if you're getting booked 160 times a year, right, man, that's a lot. Your timing is perfect because that was going to be my next story. I was going to talk about Joey Ryan and Ivelisse. So it was reported that four wrestlers, including Joey Ryan and Ivelisse, uh, they filed a uh, class action against Lucha Underground, and as part of a settlement, they were released from their contracts. And Joey Ryan confirmed it by saying on social media that he's a free agent. Uh, I was going to ask you about Joey Ryan. So my again, my, this is my opinion. I think that Joey Ryan as a character is not. There's not going to be interest in him from WWE. There's not going to be interest in him from Ring of Honor. There might be interest in him from AEW, but Joey Ryan, the pro wrestler. I think we'll have interest from everybody, but what it comes down to is, is Joey Ryan, the performer, willing to be sanitized in order to get that WWE contract or in order to potentially get that Ring of Honor contract? Because WWE is not doing that gimmick. I think sanitized Joey Ryan is the gimmick. That would be the gimmick that he would have to play. He would have to play the former penis guy that cleaned himself up for this to really get over in that scenario. Right. He's a very talented guy. I can tell you that it's something you brought up to me whenever I interviewed him. You were like, man, he's he seems kind of like introverted. He is. Yeah, low-key, yeah. My God, he turns it on. And we've seen that with, with a lot of people. Brandon Howard of Fightful is like that. Very, yes. Very low-key, quiet guy. Yes. He gets in front of a crowd. My God, does he turn it on. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's the ability of a great performer. Yep, I uh, agree. I, I would be surprised, as things stand now, if Joey Ryan went to AEW because of the straight sports approach. However, like I said, he'll be in demand. King Cuerno in demand. Cobra Moon is going to be in demand. She got uh, she got citizenship in America. Right. Uh, she is working her ass off. Ivelisse is the question mark. Uh, there are a lot of people who will say that she's had attitude issues for a long time, but considering the way that things unfolded in NXT, the people that she bitched about were Bill DeMott and wrestling women's wrestling not being taken seriously Uh when i talked to her about that she got kind of bummed about it she was Uh like yeah it's kind of weird to see that shit prophesized in 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 a bit but if tessa blanchard can clear up her attitude issues and become one of the biggest stars of impact i don't see why ivalice couldn't uh overcome any perceived issues that she may or may not have at this point because she is really really good she also has a superstar look Yes, she does. And that, that I think, is going to really get her, give her opportunity, I think. I think yeah. in WWE and, and outside. And I think a guy like Hunter, because uh, I, I just have so much respect for, for Triple H for the fact that he's been going after talent that don't necessarily fit the Vince McMahon bodybuilder cookie-cutter mold. He goes after guys based on talent. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he'd be willing to give her a shot. And she looks like a star. Like, I think she would get over in a big way if they brought her in. So. Did you just see the breaking news? No. JoJo reveals that she and Bray Wyatt are having a child in June. Wow. Wow. It's, good, it's for, good for them. going to be Nash, K-N-A-S-H, obviously named after the famous Diesel. Duh. 
But hey, there you go. Good, good for them. Um, you I, know what? All I gotta say is Bray Wyatt, my respect, because you were you were fighting way out of your weight class, my friend. Literally so, and figuratively. But yeah, um, good, good I, job. I had poked around about this, and people said we know what's going on. We just can't say anything. I was told to keep it private, and I respect that given the the nature of the announcement. Had I because I that was one of the hottest Q and A things for months. Is mm-hmm. where's JoJo? Where's JoJo? Mm-hmm. Knowing this is the type of thing. Even if I knew, which I didn't, I wouldn't have put out there. It's not the type of thing. That's I, that's their announcement to make. Yeah, good for both of them. I saw he changed his look up a little bit. Yeah, he reminded me a little bit of Braun Strowman, a little bit with the he shaved the sides yeah. of his head. He's got the ponytail in the back. I mean, I love the Wyatts, man. I and and I, I feel like a broken record because we've talked about it. But that mini match with Cena, that was the that was the nail. That was the yeah. one. They were they were as hot as hot could be. Cena basically destroys them one on three. And they've never been the same. They yeah. were. I, I love that act. I thought that was a really, really good act. I want to put over WWE and Snickers because, as Sean Ross Sapp likes to say, Sean, they sold me a ticket. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. So Melissa probably didn't see it. So Monday night during Raw, they did during SmackDown too, I thought I was seeing the entrance, the ring entrance for Bobby Roode and Chad Gable because they made it look like they were just doing a ring entrance. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they're accidentally hitting each other, doing their <laughs> doing their thing. And it turned out it was a Snickers commercial. That's good. They sold me a ticket because I bought a hook, line, and sinker show. Lots of people did. I had dozens of people reach out to me and say, yeah, me too. That was good stuff. It was I, really I like good. It. As soon as Roode hit them, the first thing I thought of is, oh, God, they're breaking them up. <laughs> yeah. First thing I thought. So good for them. Uh, I guess we'll talk about the Hart Foundation. How's our time? Okay, the Hart Foundation going into the Hall of Fame officially. That now makes how many acts? Six acts so far have been announced for the Hall of Fame. The Hart Foundation, Degeneration X, the Honky Tonk Man, Tori Wilson, Harlem Heat, Sue Aitchison, and uh, heard a rumor that next week they're going to announce Brutus the Barber Beefcake. They didn't need to add the Hart Foundation. They didn't need to add the foundation. They no. didn't need to add the Hart Foundation, and the person that they should be inducting or adding next week should have been Cindy Lauper, one hundred percent instrumental, York. instrumental in that growth in early WrestleManias in the Rock and Wrestling Connection and in New York should have happened. Um, you think there's any possibility that they offered it and she turned it down? She said she spoken openly I that see. she wanted to do it. Yeah, really, really. I agree with you. She should be, and they brought her back there before Piper died. Remember, she did some yeah. stuff on television. Uh, 2012, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the uh, did, didn't she crack Heath Slater over the head with a, a record or something? That, yeah, vaguely remember. Vaguely Pretty remember. Sure that, that hilarious Heath Slater Legends tour was going on, where like which was Vader, good. Vader Sid vicious. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, so they're going to have probably seven acts when all is said and done. You know, DX is going on for an hour, probably. Yeah. It's too long. And, and again, not to, not to kind of be a broken record because we've talked about it. UFC did it right last year. The 2018 UFC Hall of Fame, they had two fighters go in. Ronda Rousey and Matt Serra. They had two executives go in. And then they, they had one fight, like one Hall of Fame fight. That was it. Start to finish, two hours. It flowed like that. It was really good. Because they're going to do a, a red carpet, and then they're going to do this thing. This is going to be a four or five hour Hall of Fame. Who wants to watch a five hour Hall of Fame, Sean? Not me. And It's too long. They, they could have held off for Heart Foundation. Say they bring WrestleMania to Toronto one year. That's a big one. Or even, even freaking, if they go back to Seattle. I mean, that's at least... 
somewhat geographically closer to like Calgary or something like that. But mm. my God, man, like that. It's a don't, lot. Don't need it. I'm, I'm, actually, I don't want to say I'm glad Jimmy Hart's not going in with him, but Jimmy Jimmy Hart did not need to be a two time Hall of Famer. So. Yeah, and and if if the rumor holds true and they do announce Brutus Beefcake for next week. Again, not that he doesn't deserve it, but Jesus, man, we've already got six people, six acts, not people, six acts. I'm interested in his speech because his book I've heard is fantastic. I've heard his book. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you did did you hear some of the uh, some of the shenanigans about that? No. So somebody somebody told me this a while ago. So Beefcake was doing a thing through his wife, where his wife and I don't like talking about this stuff on the air, but whatever. So Beefcake and his wife they were selling autographed photos and autographed copies of their book through Facebook. Uh, and everybody started complaining. I sent him my money four months ago and I haven't seen nothing. And I, and I heard about it because I know a memorabilia dealer who yeah. was having issues with him and his wife. Uh, and then I think on their Facebook, I saw some of the messages and then they started apologizing. And then like months later, they started catching up sure. and they started actually sending the stuff out. But worker to the end, man. Oh yeah. What can you, what can you say? One, I guess one last thing I'll talk about. I was going to talk about Rob Gronkowski, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's well, it's, touch on it. Uh, he retired. It was not because of WWE. Uh, he doesn't give a damn. Uh, uh, but he was with WWE at a charity event this week. Saw that him and Braun Strowman, like the same height man He's in that photo. Dude. Did you see that? Huge. Yes. Now, the only thing I'll say about, uh, about Gronk is uh, uh, he's notorious for saving his money. Mm-hmm. And he's notorious for basically living off endorsements and banking his football contract. That means that he is retiring with around $54 million pre-tax from his football contract. He doesn't need the money. That I know, we know I, of. What was that, sorry? <laughs> that we know of. Well, yeah. I, think he, I think he's in a good spot. I know that Mojo Raleigh is fueling rumors that he's WWE bound. And I'm sure he'll want to do something. I don't think he's going to do a full-time Ronda Rousey deal. Yeah. But I'm sure he'll do something. But... You talk about size and athleticism, man. He's got both. Yeah. You know? So, and then the only other thing on my list is uh, for all you hardcore WWE fans that are upset that Taker's doing StarCast, even though to me it still doesn't mean much. Uh, Dave Meltzer, what was that? should go to it. Dave Meltzer reports that Taker's scheduled for the next Saudi show in May. So don't worry. He's still in the fold. There has not been a falling out with Miss McMahon. He just wants to try to make money off of the brand that he's created over the last 30 years. So, good Well, Fightful is in the fold. If you ever wondered, hey, maybe I should try out that second tier of Fightful Select, this is the time to do it. I'm going to have more early access stuff up ahead of WrestleMania than any time. Uh, dozens of podcasts a month, guys. Retro reviews. Uh, Mr. Warren Hayes' 205 Live NXT UK review, which I am leaving open next week. It'll be a free preview next week. Steven Jensen's Fightful Report podcast. Lots of neat stuff. This past weekend... On Fightful's free site, the Division podcast, the women's wrestling podcast that had Joe Soriano, Scarlett Harris, Kristen Ashley, and Warren Hayes. Check that out. Uh, follow us at our new handle, at Fightful. Bye yeah, we've got to change that, at Fightful. Tap the bell in YouTube to get the notifications. I, I actually texted Sean last night. Do I said, that. don't forget to say that. Do that. Do and uh, Sean Even keeps if on. you've done it before, do it do again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Terrible. And Sean, Sean tells me sometimes that people supposedly want me to do a Q&A, which I think is probably bullshit, yeah. but he tells me that they want me to. Mm-hmm. So next Tuesday, April 2nd, I'm doing a Q&A for Fightful Select. It's going to be a lot of people asking you for gold jet skis. Was it jet skis? Is that, uh, it was a mm-hmm. uh, speedboat. Speedboat. Gold speedboat. Go. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm doing a Q&A next week and the week after 
for uh, Fightful Select. Check that out. But guys, listen, your boy, moving to 6 p.m. Eastern in two weeks. And you know what? I, I It couldn't be a better week because I'm going to need those extra three hours after WrestleMania weekend. My God. There you go. Leave us a thumbs up, guys. Fightful, subscribe. <laughs> subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.